1: Yeah,
2: I'm not that sexual in my personal life, uh, that much, but it also just comes from, I've done this work for like, I think six years now. And like, sometimes you have experiences that aren't so good. My body actually holds a lot of trauma. Um, so I'm not always like excited to, to be having sex because I don't really enjoy being touched all that much.
0: Welcome to The Deep. I'm Zoe Marshall. In my early 20s, a lot of traumatic things happened. And ever since then, I have had this fascination with people and their stories. This is The Deep. I loved this time with Indy. She is so goddamn comfortable with who she is. She makes me want to be better. Indy is your girl next door. If you can picture a florist, no makeup, freckles, ready brown hair. She looks like she shops only vintage, but she's different. She sells sex and feels empowered choosing to do so. She's down to earth and really, really wise, in touch and in love with her body. Indy breaks every stereotype you had about sex workers and takes me into her world. Please note her name has been changed for privacy reasons. Indy, thank you so much for joining me. Hi. I am so fascinated with sex workers, and I think what makes you so special is you're not what people generally envision when it comes to sex workers.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely not. But at the same time, like people uh, only envision sex workers to be a certain kind of person uh, because of the like the lack. Of um, representation, you know what I mean? Because I have lots of friends who are sex workers, and we're all we're all quite similar to each other. And there's
0: really a
2: vast. There's a, a vast um, pool of workers, and a worker can look and be any any different way. You
0: know, I think if anyone was walking down the street and they saw you, they definitely wouldn't think that you were a sex worker. I mean, you don't have fake breasts. You don't give off that kind of, I'm being, I'm stereotyping here, but that porn star look. No. What I'm trying to say is like that mainstream porn kind of look.
2: Absolutely. And like most of the people that do look that way actually like hate sex workers. Like I see those girls all over Instagram and Uh, all in the media and they're like no like I respect my body and those are the ones that have the Brazilian butt lifts and the implants and like they're wearing all those you know intense sexy it's like a fashion over clothes like the ones that yes I always look at them and I'm like you're a sugar baby bitch like I know you're a sugar baby um, but they would never admit it. And then I look like I'm a freaking florist.
0: You do. There is a big market for that because I have been following you for a while now and you are busy.
2: I am quite busy. Um, but also
0: being busy is just
2: like part of your advertising.
0: <laughs> and I love that. There is just so much I want to cover with you. One thing that you do is write a Patreon, which is... Uh, written essays to help sex workers in the industry. You help them understand different facets in the industry, anything from um, how to pretend to snort drugs, what to do with your um, period, how to do health checks on a guy when you're up close in their genitals, how to keep them safe. I have really studied your work, (laughs) but I do think it is such a beautiful tool to give other sex workers. Is this something that you wish you had access to when you were starting out?
2: Uh, Absolutely. When I started work, um, I was working in a country where sex work is illegal, number one. Um, And number two, I just had no idea what I was doing. And I made so many mistakes. And they're like every single piece of advice that I give out is something that had bitten me in the ass before. And when you think about yes. all of the tips I give, yeah, I've been around the block and I definitely wish um, I could have had access to some type of information like that or just like someone to um, help guide
0: me. Can I ask, what was your first trip around the block? Like quite literally.
2: Oh, so I was working um, at like a college cafeteria And minimum wage where I was working was literally $9 and I was being treated like crap by all these like male cooks who were like in their 60s and were just over it. Um, I was like, I'm so sick of this. I don't want to be in this work environment. I'm sweating. I'm like covered in food and gross stuff all day. I'm just not into it. And so I knew like vaguely that you could get a sugar daddy somehow. And so I like found a sugar daddy meetup website. Um, and I like decided to meet up with this quote sugar daddy, but really I just like met an old man in a hotel. Um, and I serviced him for like half an hour. And then I walked away with $250, which would have been like, uh, like 24 hours of work for me or something. (laughs) Um, and I was like, oh, I'm going to keep doing this.
0: Was that a turning point? Did you just go onto that website to just explore it, but then you came faced with this man that just didn't want to give you all of his money for nothing, and then you had to service him? Or were you upfront that this was definitely a part of an exchange?
2: Well, there's absolutely no way ever that a man is just going to give you money for nothing. Like,
0: there's- so you knew that once you were on the website you thought this is my first glimpse into what I could be doing work-wise
2: I did not really know I didn't really I don't know how like if I was thinking about it um that much in depth I just like knew that I didn't want to keep doing what I was doing um and I was like interested I guess to just see how it worked um but I didn't I didn't I wasn't under the idea that a sugar baby is just, like, a really pretty clean-looking girl who uh, men men spoil because that just doesn't exist. Like, every – it's always a transaction. Even if the girl's like, oh, I don't have sex with him, then she's, you know, she's being like a live-in girlfriend. There's always an exchange, whether it's, like, emotional, physical, mental. So I knew I was going to be doing work.
0: Something. And was it strange?
2: Um, It was just really, uh, like, nerve-wracking. I'm not nervous anymore ever for uh, work, but I, like, the anxiety I felt was, like, so intense. I I just totally didn't think I could do it. It was just scary.
0: Um, I can imagine it would be very, (laughs) uh, you know, to have a stranger's genitalia near you would be quite confronting.
2: I don't even know if I was like scared of the sex part um i it's just like meeting yeah, like, I have no meeting up with a stranger and uh, uh, and like uh, maybe I was like scared of being scammed or like how do yes. I how, how do I make this work? Yes um, since I was new, I didn't like have any of the confidence I have now like now i'll I'll like always you know text my clients beforehand, you know. I only accept cash upon arrival. I don't take my clothes off. Like nothing happens
0: until you definitely um, have clear boundaries now,
2: right? And before I didn't know. I was like, "Oh, how do I ask him for money?" Like, mm, you better though. Like, <laughs> so I'm scared of me of of just knowing exactly what I was doing and being in new territory.
0: You were married to a woman. Yeah. Are you a um, a gay woman, a bi woman? You just sleep for, you just sleep with men for work.
2: Yes, so I I would say I'm like pretty, um,
1: uh,
0: pan romantic. Ooh, that is so. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm too old for that term. <laughs> what does that mean? What is a pan romantic?
2: Means that like you're interested in like anyone and everyone. Um, regardless of gender. Well, I'm not interested in everyone, but you know what I mean.
0: Like you fancy their soul versus the gender.
2: Yeah. Definitely. Um, and I'm just like not uh totally interested in sex in my private life all that much. I'm definitely one who really cares more about um emotional connection. So that's what I mean by like romantic, is that I'm heavily interested in the romance rather than like the physical
0: the sex does your work exhaust a part of your sexuality or are you really just like not that sexual in life and you just do this like as a job like you know a nine to five
2: um yeah I'm not that sexual in my personal life uh that much but it also just comes from I've done this work for like I think six years now um and like sometimes you have experiences that aren't so good and your body like holds trauma in certain places. And so my body, actually, absolutely, my body actually holds a lot of trauma. Um, so I'm not always like excited to, to be having sex because, uh, yeah, just got, just got some like physical trauma held in me. So I'm not, I'm not the, I don't really enjoy being touched all that much.
0: Because I do remember seeing a post that said, if one more person touches me, I will scream. (laughs) But you had a booking in like 20 minutes. Right. (laughs) I I just want to shelve the sexual trauma stuff for now. And I want to talk about how do you get yourself in the zone for a booking in 20 minutes when you can't, you just can't think of being physically touched. How do you like switch on when you're like, oh, I don't want to go to work today? Let's
2: see. How do I do that? I guess like um, music helps me. If I listen to like some bad bitch music, I'll like get into the bad bitch mentality. (laughs) It is one hour, turn it out, get your bag, bounce on it uh, and like you'll be done. Yes. And so... (laughs) I often will like, yeah, listen to some music, dance around and just get myself into that idea of like...
0: You're it's like a persona.
2: That. Right, exactly.
0: You're of service. And I don't mean that as a sexual service. You're putting yourself out there to meet someone's needs, whatever they need to explore sexually, safely. To me, it doesn't just seem like a transaction, like here's my vagina, there you go, mate, see you later. Can you talk to me about how... Look, I've kind of called you the conscious sex worker this whole way through in my mind. And when I talk to you about other people, what does that mean? whether you know that I feel like there's a level of consciousness you bring yeah. to your work, you bring in ritual pre work when you finish work. You also, I've noticed on Instagram, do a lot of manifesting. You're, in a sense, yeah. spiritual. But this thing that really, really resonated with me was when I saw this post about a client of yours had a lot of shame around something that he wanted to explore. And you really encouraged and really held space for yeah. for him to explore that. And that's kind of what I mean yeah. by conscious sex work. And I know your heart space is concealed, but there's something in that that is a human to human moment, a connection. Can you talk to me about that?
2: Definitely. So, when I provide a service for my client, I'm like I said, I'm happy to like, so some guys are just like drunk and they just want a quick bang um and they just want to get out of there and I'm like happy to do that like let's go sure but I just feel like there's so there is a huge opportunity for them um to be working with me who is like a highly um involved um and like driven and excited person plus I'm a professional (laughs) like it's how can you be a professional in sex it's not just being a professional in sex but Uh, you know, being a professional in giving someone your entire attention um, and being able to do what you can to make them feel good, make them feel seen, make them feel comfortable. So um, I'm definitely really more interested in the aspect of my work where I can open up like new sexual horizons for my clients. Like that guy, he just, I guess he'd like spoken about the service he wanted to people in his private life and they might have treated him poorly because of it or just said that's gross or, um, you know, there's certain kinks that, like, society at large likes to put a bad name on. Like, how many times have you heard people joke about how, like, quote, disgusting a foot fetish is? Like, babe, it's a foot, calm down. But I guess he had, like, one of those um, fetishes where like society as a whole deems it as weird um and I don't like that I don't really like men in general but I don't like the idea that um someone has to like uh feel someone is being made to feel um bad about their desires that generally hurt someone and I think it's really nurturing to be able to open a space where where I can tell someone like it's okay to want that let's experience it
0: is there anything in your work that you would say is a deterrent, like that is a turn off? I know that you have lots of boundaries that we're gonna discuss later. Is there anything that you're just like, I can't work with that guy? No, no, no. Like you remind me of my uncle. Or this is just not gonna work for me. I'm grossed out. Has there ever been a moment of disgust? Um, just if they're disrespectful. Okay.
2: Like, that's it. Guys will say, like, I'm Indian, is that okay? Yeah, babe, it's fine. Like, I'm fat, is that okay? That's fine with me. Um, Or, like, I'm really old. Um, Like, okay, cool. Basically, anyone who's underage or just doesn't respect me at all, um, instant disgust, instant turn off.
0: Okay. Is there some, like, porn or rape culture around that? You know how there's, like, that hardcore porn now where they're, like, put hands around a girl's neck or you know uh show like choking you know young people are coming up and watching porn seeing disrespectful ways to have sex have you encountered that kind of thing
2: um i have there are clients who have obviously watched porn um and then become under the impression that that is how all women enjoy being touched and so I- Clients who are really rough, um, clients who just don't, don't really understand that, like stabbing me over and over <laughs> in the vagina, is like actually gonna hurt me, um, and it's not nice. I think, I think it just in my experience, porn I think has like taught some of my clients that women really enjoy like rough, fast paced um, sex. Where I think maybe like slow, or just like sex where you ask your partner what they want is uh, probably probably the, the the better way to go. <laughs> There's lots of
0: <laughs> so it's like you're a sex educator. Have you ever had any feedback from any past clients that are like, you know what, that service was incredible. It's really helped me in my relationship now, making love to my lover
2: they already feel um, bad about themselves because they have to, because they are paying for sex that um, they don't ever want to like give you credit for anything. So like they'll say, yeah, that was a good service. But um, guys like, I just like think maybe like not all men, but like lots of men um, have like just like they, they enjoy sex workers, but they have like discontent.
0: For themselves that they're projecting.
2: Yeah, they think that like they should be getting it for free, and um, why do I have to pay for it? Um, I'm actually like a good guy, and I'm good at sex, and so I don't think that like they would actually really be inclined to give um, like feet really like nice, nice feedback in that way. Like I've had a, few, I've had a few, but I don't think that's just like something that would like, right. happen that often.
0: Can we go back to the part where you said you'd held some bad experiences in your body? You don't need to reference them if you don't feel comfortable or you can if you do. Yeah. Um, is it difficult and worth doing the work if it is still being held in the body? Um, I think it's just
2: something that I'm yet to learn how to fully balance. Um, I've gone through, like, lots of, like, mental trauma, Um, But it's only very new, like in the last year, that I've began to feel that my body is now like reacting differently to touch than it used to. Um, I think it is worth the work um, when I can, you know, speak to some therapists.
0: I read in your Patreon about your rituals, which I really loved, and I would love you to explain both pre- and post-ritual. One of the things I picked up, was pre-ritual was kind of everything was heightened. You burn candles or have aromatherapy that is a lot um, more intense, cold showers, um, you know, heightened music or rap music or something that's a little bit more aggressive, putting on your thigh highs, getting into your, like, sex working queendom (laughs) (laughs) everything is a lot more brisk and intense and hard and then the post ritual uh, you can break that down for us yeah
2: so I feel like after bookings it can be sometimes hard to like disconnect from the experience and like you don't need to disconnect but after like your body has kind of been through it with a stranger it can it can be heavy. Um, I often feel like good after most of my bookings, but I do find it like necessary to, um, soothe my body, calm my body down and like, you know, remind myself that it is my body. It's not anyone else's like, yes, you lent it to someone, but remember like you've got all your power. You are you, you control what happens to you, et cetera, et cetera. So I find like um, having like uh, rituals that you can complete after each session of work or booking um, can help to bring you back to that place at a time when you might be very scattered. So using certain smells, um, if you use them enough, they can start to yeah trigger your your senses into going into that like calm place of like I'm okay, it's over. We can relax um, and, you know, be with ourselves. Certain music, really nice lighting, it's all about self-care and comforting yourself and um, really putting in the effort to to care for your body because you are, you know, your own mum and you need to have that love and that care. Um, because it's just it's very important to 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 remind yourself that like you have your own back
0: you used a word a lot in the video which is attached to that essay on patreon where you repeated you are safe you're safe it's over you're safe and I found that really interesting wording because I'm sure in a lot of bookings you do feel fine and safe but has there been circumstances where you didn't
2: well, I find that I have most of the power when I'm at work because I'm really making the rules. So that it helps me to be less afraid. But there's like I I don't think I ever feel like completely comfortable with men apart from like my my male friends who I've like curated for myself very carefully to know that I feel safe around them. Um, but yeah, bookings uh can get can get scary because um you you. You know, there's lots of like escort forums, and there's so many tricks that guys play, like hidden cameras, or um, you, you hear lots of the time that like after the booking, they ask for a glass of water, and when you go get it for them, they like steal, they find the money, they steal it back, um, and then they leave as quick as they can, and so it's it's hard to fully relax. Um, always. So that's why I, I say like, you're safe, you're safe, even a happy, like even a booking that went so well, you never know you're safe.
0: Right. Like till I
2: don't know that they're like completely gone.
0: Uh, I hear you now. I think I was thinking that your body wasn't safe, but it's actually the whole circumstances in which you're in because you don't know who these people are. No.
2: Exactly. And like, literally I have not had a client try um, to like physically attack me or a client tries to steal money. I don't even think I've had a client yell at me, but it does happen to people like there, you know, there is a
0: reason. Just getting on to logistics, where do the bookings take place?
2: Um, So bookings can take place. There's out calls and there's in calls. So in calls is when a client will come to you. Um, what's safest is to do that in a hotel or um, to rent a booking space and then out calls is when you go see your client. They could be in a hotel or their house. Um, usually, it's only a hotel or a house, it's not many other places. But with like, with some workers will band in together and all put down some money on just like you know, uh, an apartment, and then the, there's laws around no more than two workers congregating in one place, so you know, they'll take turns, one person is working at a time.
0: And do you work at a brothel or do you have a pimp? I know I'm sounding so ignorant. I
2: don't have any type of pimp. I don't think I'd want to. Um, I really like working for myself. Uh, I worked in a brothel. I worked in a few different brothels over a few, over one year. Um, I found that private work really uh, suits me well. So working privately at the moment but I do have lots of brothel experience
0: at the brothel have you done the thing where you walk out in the 90s or the undies and you all stand there in a line no all the introductions I've ever done have been one-on-one
2: so you walk out in your heels in your panties and your lingerie um and you'll go sit down with the guy in like a waiting room and you'll chat to him about your services what he's looking for all that kind of stuff, um, and then you leave. Then the next girl will go in. There's some larger brothels um, where, if there's like 25 girls working, they will do a lineup, and the girls just yeah have a good little stand in a line, introduce themselves, just say their name.
1: Oh, um, I see. And
2: then the client will pick out of the lineup. But I've never experienced that myself.
0: And how many days of the week do you work? Um. It,
2: depends honestly um sometimes I can take like eight bookings a week and I might do like two each day or three one day and then like the other six another Uh, oh that was bad math but
0: you know what I mean so no totally I get you
2: it would be like how many times do I work a week not how many days because okay so you'd say about eight
0: yeah, maybe eight. And you could do, like, two or three in one day?
2: Yeah. I mean, I could do all eight in one day, but I just choose not to. When I worked at a bottle, I would do, like, eight or nine in one night.
0: <gasps> without... Wow. Yeah. And how does your fanny feel? Like, is that intense?
2: I, for some reason, I feel like I have an indestructible, like, vagina because I've never had a UTI or a yeast
0: infection. Like- no thrush from eight... Eight different people. Well, it's eight different condoms, not eight And, like, that's almost worse for, you know, the vagina because of the latex <laughs> and the microbiome.
2: At least I suck I suck
0: condoms. <laughs> do you? Because you don't do the natural. No. More from Indy very soon. Next week we speak to Ed
2: Oh, it's immediate! Like, and it, and it felt so sexy. Like, you use this glass pipe, and it looks so—I don't know. You watch this smoke swirl around it in, in the in the in the bowl of the pipe, and it, like, it starts building and building. And it gets thicker and thicker, and then you put your mouth to the end of it, and you just you take, like, then you just suck it in, and then like, I feel like you, like, you get a euphoric, like, feeling, like straight away the second you have it, and. The second you have it, all you want is more.
0: Now back to Indy. Give me a day, like a typical day, at a brothel. Um, so at a brothel, it it depends when you
2: start. I used to do night shifts, so like um, uh, six p.m. to six a.m. So I would probably sleep as much of the day as I could, just so that I can get through the night. <laughs> you know, uh have a shower yes get your lingerie head into work um and what happens at work oh my god it's crazy because there's like probably like 15 or 10 girls all on at once and it can become bedlam yeah and clients always there's there's alcohol and drugs I don't I'm a sober worker because I don't I think I can't legally give consent if I'm under the influence um and I want to be able to give consent every time but yes there's around yes. um but yeah i guess
0: uh get get all situated do you have like one room when you're at a brothel
2: it depends uh some brothels have a girl's room where like it's a bunch of couches a tv a fridge um and the ladies will just sit there on their laptops or chatting or doing whatever
0: nice girls <laughs> or a mix
2: it's mixed I've had my fair share of brothel cat fights, and then my favorite no work wives that I love to bits and I'll you know make sure they 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 do well and we make sure we all do well and
0: (laughs) can you eat whatever you want on a booking because I'm thinking like garlic onions like you know do you have any boundaries of what you can or can't eat before you're gonna work or you don't like really care
2: um I'll eat anything really probably the girls that do anal um would maybe have to watch what they eat why or like the work
0: what happens if you do anal and you do like what sorry
2: (laughs) (laughs) I am in the gay community and all of my like guy got gay guy friends will talk about how this all works but like if you're gonna do anal and you like don't want to make a mess as in like get like met yes yeah (laughs) um I should probably not eat for like 24 hours oh um and like you shouldn't eat any like bread or meat or like pizza um no chili or anything and then like
0: before you have sex you have to douche um, I heard about the douche but can't right. I just douche the pizza out
2: no because the pizza will keep coming if you're working I don't understand hours, you do it once the pizza's gonna like <laughs> come <back laughs> like the rest of digesting. So I feel like, yeah, the, the people who offer anal probably um, would have
0: to watch what they eat. Um, because like, I mean, and I'm assuming you don't do anal because you're not, not eating the pizza. Oh,
2: I've just never done it. And I don't really want to do it because it seems like it could be painful with clients who are pushy. And I really I don't want to say I offer anal and then if the client is like very large or if he's very rough, I don't want to have to like have taken the payment and then say, wait, stop, this is too much. Right. So
0: I, the hole that I know works. <laughs> so what are your like no-nos, anal, natural?
2: When I don't do anal, I don't do natural. Um. However, if girls do offer natural, I don't have an issue with that. I just want to put that out there because there's like a, there's a divide in the sex work community where half the girls say like, anal's disgusting. Don't do it. Like you're making it worse for all of us and other girls don't care. So I just wanted to put, I just wanted to verbalize.
0: Whether you do natural, whether you do anal, you don't care.
2: Yeah. Up to the worker. Um, you know, what, what she, what she, what they provide to their client. But yeah, I don't do anal. I don't do natural. Um, i I prefer to not do like heavy impact stuff like if clients want to like hit you or like that's a thing
0: yeah 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 yeah. I want to book you to hit you
2: yeah I have clients who book me to hit them like I, I have this client who will come in with his uh who'll come in with a briefcase dressed like he's uh like for work or something, and I'll open his briefcase he'll open his briefcase and it's got like paddles in it or like there's this one shoe that he really likes being hit with. So like, hit him with the shoe for, like, an hour.
0: <laughs> with sex or no sex? No, I just hit him. I just, like, beat him up. Does he pleasure himself or anything or, am, like, am I m- no, missing like, something?
2: No, like, I, like, bend him over and, like, beat the shit out of him.
0: And that's it? Yeah. Okay, so you're happy to do that? Are you happy to do, like, we on people? Does that, like, give you pressure, you know, when you are at the doctor's office and you have to do a wee and then the pressure makes you not be able to do the wee?
2: No, I love it. I love it because, like, getting paid to piss, which is something I do anyway, like, that is essential for my survival, I'm like, okay, <laughs> go up. like me being paid to piss on a dude, like, okay, that's incredible. How much do I have to pay you for this service? I mean, it just, it depends for every lady. I don't want to give. I don't want to uh uh name my 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 rate, but
0: it, it it costs like a bit, like three at least, three like figures around three figures to urinate. Is there just something that you're like, woo? He's booked this. Um, Is there something that makes you excited?
2: Let's see. I guess like filming makes me excited when they want to film. I like that.
0: Do you? Yeah. So does that mean they can keep the content?
2: Um, so I, ch- I charge them to keep the content, but yeah, they can keep it. But what I'll do is since I'm in it, it's my intellectual property, I'll make sure that they film on my device and then I send them a copy.
0: Okay. So we've taken a nice little segue to OnlyFans, <laughs> which is just fascinating because it's like a subscription adults-only Instagram-esque thing. For $12 a month, what can we see?
2: Basically just uncensored content. So nudes, solo videos, videos with um, other workers or videos with clients.
0: You wrote this beautiful thing the other day where you were like, I've just had a moment where I've realised all my close friends can watch me get gangbanged and I feel (laughs) awkward about it. I hope you guys still love me or something like that. (laughs) How is it, though, that everything is accessible to your family members, your ex-colleagues, to, you know, people you grew up with?
2: It's a weird feeling because it's just, like, obviously not everyone's naked body mm-hmm. or naked body engaged in sex is available online, right? Uh, but I just chalk it down to, like, I'm working and you're going to see me work and I'm making my bag just how, like, um, yeah I can walk into the coffee shop and see my friend working and like I said yeah it's different because you're not naked at the coffee shop it's the same thing and most people are labeling publicly and so am I and this is my job is like being naked and selling content um and being sexy online so look that's just the reality people are going to see me work and I hope that when they see me work they can see all the hard work like effort I'm putting into it and how successful I've become um, and like that's really it. Like you,
0: they're just seeing. Kind of just take that passing moment and realize, you right. know, it's just my career.
2: Exactly. Like you're seeing me work, and that's it. Like that's what it is. It's work. So,
0: was there a decision to show your face across all your work and get rid of that anonymity and be out there publicly? Like was there a turning point for you to make that choice?
2: I've always been face out. It was never actually like a decision I made. It just uh-huh. in a weird way, um, but I'm glad I'm face out anyways because uh, I try and foster some type, some type of connection with um, all my clients, which there's like freaking hundreds of online, in person, tons. But online, yeah. there's like I have like my Instagram has what thirty thousand followers now. So I that's I, a lot,
0: and that has grown a lot since I've started following you.
2: Yeah. I just want to be able to to uh, connect, and I think, you know, them being able to see my face and my expression um, does help to, like, foster that connection.
0: I want to ask, how were you brought up? Were you brought up in quite a liberal, open household where this was quite discussed and accepted? Do your family know? Take me through in a nutshell.
2: I grew up not really knowing much about sex work at all. Um, I went to, like, a Christian school, and then I went to a Catholic school. Um, and sex work was something that was never even like talked about or discussed in my household. Um, just, it just never came up. Um, and when I started doing it, I guess I might've like mentioned it here or there, not that I was doing it, but just like work in general, you know, like, I mean, uh, like maybe I saw something on the news about a sex worker and then I like mentioned it at home. Um. And I just found that my mother is like super anti-sex work. She doesn't want any type of worker near her house. Um, My dad just sees no, hears no. Like I'm I'm pretty sure he fully knows what I'm doing, but we don't talk about it. He just says, hope you have a good day at work. And I'm like, thanks.
0: Do you see this ending? Is there like a long-term plan of sex work into your 80s or are you just doing it for now to set yourself up? and you're saving to start your own business, is there a plan of any sort? Do you need one?
2: There's a couple of ways I could go. I could definitely continue sex work for a long time, and I think sex work will always be a part of my life. Like even even if when I'm 80 years old, I <laughs> I know I'll still be doing phone sex at least or something like that. Um, I have been thinking about, yeah, saving and investing and just becoming a shitty landlord and making money that way. Um, And then starting my own business, I'm super interested in textiles and clothes for people with bigger bodies.
0: Can we talk about bigger bodies? Your Instagram, it shows your curves. It shows stretch marks, cellulite, body hair, your self-harm scars and all the things society deems, um, you know, not attractive. You shouldn't show...
2: I don't, I think like the biggest thing maybe might be body hair.
0: Talk to me about the body hair, you know, because it's become such a thing. I mean, for me, it isn't. (laughs) But like, why is it such a, I mean, obviously men and clients love it. It would be kind of. Yeah. It's just,
2: it's a fetish for them. Like body hair. I feel like when you're a worker, you really have to like fetishize mostly everything. So even if you don't specifically like it so like girls with big tummies or workers with big tummies um, even if they like don't care about their tummies will fetish other I'm I've got such a big fat tummy yay it's so jiggly Um, or you know uh, people with like freckles I'm such a freckly little like princess woohoo and so I've got body hair and I don't really think about it twice in my like um, daily life but online it's just something that I can really profit off because um, bushes are a big fetish pit hair is a fetish leg hair is a fetish and I I literally just grow my hair out because I don't feel like shaving basically
0: and you can make a dollar off it
2: right so I've learned how to make a dollar off it (laughs) well
0: yeah that's probably a better way to say it do you have any regrets
2: I mean like maybe if if it put a larger um space between my family and I but at the same time I don't think I'd regret that because that's my family, like that's my family's problem not mine
0: like <laughs> yeah it's an interesting one and do you feel like your work empowers you
2: yeah and it's just about like taking um taking my body back because I spent a lot of time as like a teenager being uh t- taken advantage of sexually And I find that now, if this is, like, one of the first times in my life where I control when I have sex, where I have sex, what for, what I do, like, I'm the one in control, whereas um, in the earlier stages of my life it was just, like, guys doing whatever they wanted and I was just sitting there like, okay. Um, And now I just have a voice um, and just full capability and it's also really empowering because, like, media only sees women um as valuable when they are being sexual um and only when they're being sexual in a way that media has painted them to be not on their own terms but like that way but here it is like i'm like sick Mm -hmm. if you all like i'm doing it i'm doing me i'm in control of every aspect of
0: and are you feeling like that experience as a teen is that a link to what you're doing now
2: I don't think it's a link because I really just fell into that work so unexpectedly okay and then I continued to do it because it worked for me but yeah I, I don't think that anything like um pre-prepared me okay. as a teen to to, um, to become a worker it was really just like a situational thing like I just, I wasn't getting paid enough. I was working too hard and being like exploited.
0: Yeah. And
2: then I just was like, mm, this might work. And by some, by some way, I just managed to orchestrate a meetup and realize like, I, pr- I prefer this. Um, and then I, ju- you know, I just kept going with it because I keep, I keep preferring it to, to really um, my, my other options right now.
0: Indie, who are you when no one's watching? I am your girl next
2: door, relaxing, chilling. Uh, But when you look over, she's taking nudes in
0: her windowsill. (laughs) (laughs) So great. I think you are a breath of fresh air. I think you are so fascinating and so endearing. And I don't know if this is the end for us, but I want to leave you with something you left me with in your Patreon, which is, I want you to bask in that post-cum glow. Do you remember that?
2: (laughs) Absolutely. We need to bask in our our post-cum glow, all All of us. Everyone needs to bask in it, especially now because we're all sitting at home quarantined and I know what everyone's doing right now. Uh Uh-huh.
0: And that was the last little point I really loved for any sex workers listening (laughs) right now was when you were like, make sure you masturbate before bookings because clients can smell or pick up on those pheromones. Yeah, they can tell the pheromones. pheromones. they're amazing. So everyone sitting at home, just masturbate and bask in your post come glow.
2: (laughs) Do it, why not?
0: Indy, thank you so much for talking to us. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Deep. Don't forget to subscribe to The Deep on your favorite podcasting app. Please leave a rating and review. It's really helpful to help others discover the show.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
0: Hi, everybody. It is Zoe here. Change is coming to the deep. I want to welcome you to Arise. It's uplifting, it's quirky, it's curious, it's all about the mindset and self discovery to be more helpful and of service. During 16 of the Deep, you will hear some of these episodes, and I'd love to hear what you think of them over on our Instagram at What's the Deep.